0: Talent wins games, but teamwork wins championships. Welcome to A Players, the podcast where we'll tell you how to target, hire, retain and train top performers for your team.
1: Putting your resume pretty much online was just unheard of. And there was lots of talk about if you put your resume out there on LinkedIn, you might get fired. Right? So, and that was a serious conversation. And within, I would say, three or four years, LinkedIn did a fantastic job of changing that narrative. And I would love to understand how they went about changing that narrative, that they made it okay to share your personal work history online. I cannot tell you how different that was
0: pre-LinkedIn. I am Robin Choi, CEO at hire Suite, and we are sourcing automation software that helps 900 tech companies hire the best talent. Add me and follow me now on LinkedIn if you want to keep an eye on us. Today, we're welcoming Carmen, and Carmen worked for the last 20 years in the recruiting industry. We actually already recorded this episode, but the recording fell, so we're doing it again, and I'm very excited because I already know part of the story, and I already know about Carmen's personal history and how crosses that of the Silicon Valley Startups. So very excited to have you here again, Carmen, and I'm convinced that will be a great episode knowing the, the content of the last one. So very excited to have you here today. And can you start by introducing you again?
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Robin. I am very happy to be here and I appreciate the invite just to chat a little bit about my past. My name is Carmen Hudson and I've been recruiting, thank you for being generous, but for 20 plus years (laughs) <laughs> and I have been all throughout my recruiting career, I was fortunate enough to work for Fortune 500 companies, mainly Fortune 100 companies, actually. And uh, that started at uh, Capital One, I did a little bit of time at an agency before that. And I uh, moved from there very quickly to Amazon. I spent some time there in the very early days of, of Amazon and moved from there to Microsoft. And Starbucks here in Seattle and I uh, went to Yahoo down in Silicon Valley and after that great experience I hung up my shingle as a corporate recruiting leader and became a consultant and a business owner and I am currently as I have been for the past uh, ten years I have uh, been a senior or principal consultant at uh, recruiting toolbox And we do consulting with all kinds of companies on their recruiting issues. So I have um, been through every single phase of recruiting that we've had in the last 20 plus years. And I still love
0: recruiting. (laughs) Which is a good sign. Okay, so when do you want to start? Do you want to start in 2000? Do you want to start even before that? When do you think it's relevant to start your history?
1: We'll we'll, we'll start when I landed at the door of, of Amazon, which was interesting to me because I joined Amazon very early in the year. It was just after the first of the year and uh, it was in 2000, I believe. And Amazon had just had a huge layoff. So they had laid off many of the folks who preceded me in talent acquisition and in other areas. And it was just a strange time to arrive. And for my colleagues, it was who is this new person in recruiting who is arrived and we just laid off a bunch of our colleagues in recruiting. So it was very interesting. I was hired to, I was actually hired by John Lasalica, who now leads uh, Recruiting Toolbox. And I was hired to bring sourcing some of my sourcing skills to Amazon. And very quickly we were growing out of every space that we had, we were growing very quickly. And I moved from a sourcing role to leading recruiters and probably record time. And <laughs> it was a fantastic opportunity for me. It was a period of incredible growth for me. And it was crazy. It was a
0: circus. It was uh, so much fun. How big was the company at this time?
1: It was about, I would say, in 2001, 2002, we were probably at 2,500, maybe approaching 3,000 employees.
0: Wow, okay.
1: Think about wow.
0: that. <laughs> I, today I, it's I, close to a million, right?
1: They're close to a million. I think they just they just surpassed a million employees. Wow.
0: Yeah. Okay, so they know how to hire. What did you learn there in the early 2000s?
1: What I learned was that despite moving fast, you had to have a deep focus on the kind of talent that you wanted to bring in. And so very early on preceding me, there was a huge focus, especially in the engineering side, in terms of the type of talent that Amazon wanted to bring in. And as we were growing, as we were adding categories, we were being really thoughtful about the people that we were bringing in because I don't understand how the senior leadership realized that this was going to be a long-term concern and that the folks that they were bringing in at the time were going to be long-term employees, future leaders, but they knew this. And so we had a huge responsibility in recruiting to bring in the very best people that we could. And we were doing that in an environment that, where we weren't either well known or we weren't well known for our technology or we weren't considered to be a success yet. So it was a bit of a challenge. It was also just some of the most fun recruiting that you could possibly do.
0: I'm curious to know more about the tools that you used at that point, because 2000, that was before LinkedIn, that was before anything, basically, right?
1: It was before anything. And that was one of the reasons I was brought in, because when I prior to Amazon, I, I had worked at, at Capital One and had helped to start a sourcing division in, in one of their offshoot offices uh, down in Florida. and it was then the internet was the wild west. And so we were finding resumes, we were sourcing resumes from wherever we could there was of course you know monster.com i'm not sure if indeed was even around by then i think by the time i was leaving amazon indeed was growing in popularity but we we had very few tools that were focused on recruiting and bringing us the top quality candidates that we were looking for so i started there i started as a leader actually as a sourcing leader i had two folks who had been about to be laid off from working in the warehouse we had a warehouse that we had closed down and I said, Hey, can we use these folks in recruiting? And someone said, sure. And so I gave them the quickest lesson probably known to man in sourcing. And they were fantastic. And quite, right now they are both incredible recruiters. I won't give you their names because If there was anyone you'd ever want to source and have uh, leading a team, they would be the people. But they are now. I think one is in a special position at Amazon, and another is leading a recruiting team at Facebook. And they are—they were fantastic because they just—they took probably you know a tenth of what I had to give them. I couldn't give them much of my time, but they took that and really brought about a very focused sourcing team and focused on finding those candidates that weren't looking at Amazon, focused on finding the candidates who were best at what they did, who were best in the technology. And they were fantastic. They continue to be fantastic. I am still friends with them. We grew that team and we grew our recruiting team. But it was, you know, at that point we were using anything and everything. We were using the web, of course, and this was also an interesting time at Amazon because we didn't have an ATS system of record. So managing your candidates was a bit of a struggle. Everything in recruiting was a
0: bit of a struggle. Well, that was a public company, right, at this time, and you didn't it have an, an ATS? was a public
1: company, and it was a company that was very careful about its selection of tools. So okay. if something could be built in-house, they would build it in-house. And in fact, they tried. A group of hiring managers got together, built their own tool, which was great from a candidate and interviewing side. It wasn't great in terms of housing candidates and referring to them after the fact. It just wasn't built for that so we had we went through a lot of difficulty when it came to choosing a, a system and even by the time I left there wasn't a, a system of record so it was an interesting time it was an interesting time for for my career I grew more than I could possibly imagine I learned so much just from my time there that I was able to apply it in, in other places pretty quickly pretty easily okay.
0: Cool. And then, so you stay three years at Amazon and then moved to Microsoft, right? So I did. April, April 2003.
1: Yes. So Microsoft was interesting. Microsoft had a much more sophisticated talent acquisition team. I will tell you, I think that a lot of what we knew about talent acquisition at Amazon, we learned from Microsoft. I had the opposite pattern of a lot of people. A lot of people left Microsoft and went to Amazon. I did just the opposite. And it was an interesting environment. It was not an environment for me. I think the time that I was there was an interesting time. It was probably closer to the end of Microsoft's former CEO. And Satya Nadella had not come in, had not refocused the company on its new strategies. And so it was just an interesting time for me at Microsoft. And so I left fairly quickly. And I went to Starbucks and Starbucks had nothing when it came to really going after hard to find talent. So that was a great environment for me there. It was fun and it was an interesting company. It was an interesting company from the standpoint that, you know, the candidate experience was important and really thinking through what people would bring to the organization was more than their skills, was that was probably the first time in my career that I stopped and really gave some thought to that as we thought about how we selected candidates there. It was my first time managing a really large team and doing some really interesting things there. So I really enjoyed my time at at Starbucks and plus I am a coffee lover, so I was (laughs) in heaven.
0: Okay. And how did the tools change? Because 2003, that's LinkedIn, right? So very early on, did you use LinkedIn? How did you use it? Was it only for sourcing?
1: I was a very early user of LinkedIn. I was very excited because before we could find candidates who were at the bottom, candidates who were in their first or second roles because they were applying to us to via be be a Monster or, or maybe through our corporate website if we had that. And you could find folks at the top because they were often just found, you know, one or two levels down, all just lined up there on the internet, very easy. But everyone in the middle was just lost to us. And so that meant a lot of phone calls, a lot of direct sourcing and LinkedIn ended all of that. Well, I won't say all of that, but they ended a lot of that. It really was a tool that made the job market accessible to everyone. And I remember there were around that time I joined, but it took probably three or four years for people to trust that LinkedIn would not, or to actually switch attitudes, I think is more than even trust. Because before your employment data was something secret. It was not something that you shared with the world. It was a very different environment. So putting your resume pretty much online was just unheard of. And there was lots of talk about if you put your resume out there on LinkedIn, you might get fired. Right. So and that was a serious conversation. And within, I would say, three or four years, LinkedIn did a fantastic job of changing that narrative. And I would love to understand how they went about changing that narrative that they made it okay to share your personal work history online. And I cannot tell you how different that was pre-LinkedIn. That was probably the basis of their genius if I were to to think about the things that LinkedIn has accomplished. So we use LinkedIn at Starbucks. Of course, job boards were pretty critical. We were very much attached to the, the active job market, but we were
0: also- Were job boards the same as today, or did you use different job boards, for some we might not remember?
1: Some of them are the same, right? So, <laughs> you know, Monster, I remember doing a big deal with Monster and Career Builder at the time. Indeed was just sort of gaining its feet in terms of popularity. So taking a look and experimenting with that. And we got a, a pretty decent number, if I remember correctly, of candidates from that as a source. And I don't think it would in any way compare to what you would get today. Most organizations just aren't finding the talent that way. And we were actively using LinkedIn. And we were doing some of the old fashioned just, you know, call into a company network until you find the right person that was for, for some of the more senior roles. That's just the way it had to had to get done. But I would tell you that it was the beginning, I would say at Starbucks, it was the beginning of really understanding that there were tools available to us to, to help
0: us get better. And did you use an ATS and how did you see the ATSs grow at this stage? Did you see new players or did that change then or was it a bit later?
1: No, ATSs by that time, by the time I had landed at Starbucks. And I will tell you, Amazon was a different experience. There was an ATS in place at Microsoft, although they blew it up. To create their own. And then they created all kinds of chaos for several years because uh, the, what they built didn't quite work. That's another long story for another day. <laughs> and with the exception of Amazon, everyone else was very much committed to their ATS system because that was the system of record for a lot of candidates that were at that time applying. They were t- applying through through job boards. And so we, we relied on them. And I cannot remember which ATS system we used at Starbucks. It was Oracle PeopleSoft. It was pretty successful at the time. PeopleSoft was pretty successful. PeopleSoft was... PeopleSoft, people don't remember this far back, but they were fairly well used in the 90s. So the late 90s was PeopleSoft time. And I remembered using PeopleSoft back in the 90s before I even got into recruiting. So... And at that time, it continued to be a source for people. And then they were gobbled up by someone else and, you know, something cobbled together from the old PeopleSoft and the new whatever it was. I remember being part of that at some point, but it was, it became very important to understand that technology was going to drive whatever we did. So it was pretty clear by the time I was at Starbucks that you, if you were going to lead recruiting, you were going to have to be fairly well-versed in what was available, what was new, and thinking about how you were going to not only take candidates in, but get candidates out for sourcing, share candidates with managers, etc. All of that became incredibly important.
0: What I like is uh, these were really the early days of software marketplace is used in recruiting so uh, linkedin 2003 glassdoor 2007 indeed was around that time right indeed that's 2004 so it's very interesting to see how these new tools emerged and how you started using them and then if i'm correct after starbucks then you moved to yahoo when you had a completely different experience again right
1: I had a completely different experience there. I started off managing a team and suddenly I was leading a sourcing team. And at that moment, Microsoft decided that it wanted to acquire Yahoo and Yahoo had no interest in being acquired. And so it was interesting. So our our team, our recruiting team, we were approached by the CEO and the CEO said, Whatever you want, whatever you need, we need to show the market that we are strong and that we are hiring and that we want to hire great engineers. And that was dumped into my lap. I shouldn't say dumped because I eagerly went for it. And I had just the thrill of my recruiting career, I think. I think it was a task made for me because at that point, I knew that the basis of getting all of these new engineers into Yahoo would be our referral system but our referrals had dropped off. We were getting a minimal level of referrals every day and no one could figure out why. I ended up partnering with a very senior marketing leader at the company and we did a little bit of work and it became apparent that it wasn't just a matter of people losing interest in Yahoo. It was our team, our staff, our people did not feel the same about Yahoo as they once did. And so they weren't referring their friends because they didn't know what was happening. They didn't understand. And so we developed a huge campaign, but we started internally first. We helped people just develop what we called purple pride and because the colors of Yahoo were purple and gold. And we did everything that you can imagine to get people excited and fired up about Yahoo so that they would go and tell their friends. And they did. And we watched this grow. We measured this. We did external. We took it from that point externally. And so. We did everything from, you know, fly helicopters with banners of work at Yahoo to we did billboards on on 101 in Silicon Valley. We sent people out in motor scooters to go into the driveways of Google and other tech companies to recruit their people and had them run out, knowing that they'd be run out. We had them drive up and down 101. It was the most fun that you could possibly have. It was probably the most money at the time anyone ever spent on a recruiting effort. And it was incredibly successful. We were able to hire actually more engineers than we thought we'd be able to hire in a very short period of time. So it was, for me, probably, I still laugh when I think about that exercise. It was as if someone said, here's a pot of gold, go do your thing. And I did my thing. (laughs)
0: It's hard to remember that at some point Yahoo was stealing employees from Google.
1: That is it, right? It's hard to remember that. And you know, certainly thereafter, you know, the entire thing became apparent. And of course, Microsoft did not acquire Yahoo. And Yahoo spun off Alibaba. And all of those things happened. But we felt recognized and appreciated as part of recruiting to be part of that story and to drive something that was important. We were recognized by the company for the work that we did. It was an incredible, incredible recruiting team. And at that time, it was interesting because all of our resumes that were coming in for tech roles were primarily referrals. We were paying the largest bonus at the time for tech referrals. We even got ourselves on the news as a result of this. But what we were doing, we were also measuring. How much was it? At that point? I think it might have been five or $10,000. It was literally, we were, <laughs> we found ourselves on the news as a result. And <laughs> so, you know, we had people who were excited by that and who were referring their friends as a result of that. But we also had people who were just blown away by the fact that. It was a good company to work for. Yahoo at the time was a really incredible company to work for, and that we had some great technology and some some really fantastic developers and leaders in our company. And so we were able to attract some really great people at the time. And eventually, we had to shut down our efforts. I wanted to keep going, and we we had to shut it down because we did, you know, eventually decide to come out with our plan. But it was it was fun. It was it was fantastic.
0: And then also in 2006, Twitter launched. Uh, so was about that time. And in 2009, you left Yahoo to create your own company. So that was three years in Twitter, exactly three years, because they launched in July 2006, and then you created in July 2009, right? Yes,
1: yes. So I will tell you, near the sort of end of my time at Yahoo, we were laying people off. It was becoming a different company. And the head of HR came and said, I don't know what what Twitter is, but someone needs to find out because someone is tweeting or twittering their layoff. <laughs> and so there was someone sitting in an office who and I had never heard of Twitter. And I said, I'll figure it out and went online and sure enough there was someone in an office, you know, and really there was nothing that we could do about it. But I thought at the moment that this person who was unknown And suddenly that day became one of the most well-known people around the world because they were literally tweeting their moment-by-moment experiences they were being laid off. They became immediately famous. And so I thought this has incredible reach. And that's when I decided that this is going to be where I focused my time and I, I ended up building a tool based on Twitter that allowed job seekers to post their jobs to my site and I would post their jobs to Twitter and jobs would be distributed to interest groups. So if you were interested in jobs nursing jobs, you would only get tweets about nursing jobs. But it was it did start from that incident at, at Yahoo. And how did that work out? Oh it was a horrible business model. <laughs> It was, I got a lot of attention at the time, and it was interesting. And it really introduced me to the world of startups. And I am forever interested in building new tools, building new recruiting tools. But it was an, an incredibly poor business model that I wasn't able to transform into something else fast enough. But the technology itself was actually pretty good. And, you know, we, we did a little work around that. But it was three years of fun. I'll just say that. <laughs> And I took my time there and my time at the great companies that I worked for, and I transformed that into a consulting career.
0: Okay. And then this is when you launched uh, Talent42 and Recruiting Toolbox, right?
1: That's it. Yeah. So uh, John Vlasilika who hired me at Amazon, had left and he was running his own company. Uh, recruiting Toolbox and asked me ask me to join. I had started doing a bit of consulting. And so I joined up with him and it's been fantastic ever since. A few years into Recruiting Toolbox, we were just talking back and forth about what what kind of conference we'd like to go to. We go to so many of these recruiting conferences. And even this year, I've gone to so many recruiting conferences online. And we came up with this idea. What if we had a recruiting conference that was focused on tech recruiting? And we got a few dollars from Dice. Dice said, we'll give you these dollars and see what you can do. And we don't expect much, but we we gave it our all. We put our best into it. and, And sure enough, we had a full house the first year and people came from Uh, We thought it would be locally interesting, maybe some folks from the Bay Area and people came from all over the country. And so up until, let's see, 2018, we ran Talent 42 and then we sold it to uh, ERE and they continue to run it. And I was just um, a few weeks ago, I was uh, part of the Talent 42 presentation that they did over Zoom. So that was a lot of fun because it was focused on really... favorite topic which is how do you get engineers interested in your company and i had seen everything from Engineers knowing that Amazon was seeking the best engineers and trying to get into engineers really turning off anything that came from a a recruiter. So having to be very creative about how do you reach out to technologists? How do you get to software developers? What do you say once you have them on the line or on the hook? And how do you get them through a process that makes sense? How do you actually assess them? And what was interesting about the conference was that it was not only recruiters talking to us, we had developers come in, developers that we knew, developers that we'd seek out who would come into Talent 42 and tell us, this is what's important to us and this isn't. Don't call me a rock star. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit more specifically about what I will be doing. Or they would talk about their specific jobs, their specific roles. And it was, and it continues to be an incredible topic for recruiters because this is just, it's the bane of recruiting. It's the hardest recruiting. It's to get engineers excited about our companies. And so it was was fun to create a conference. It was a lot of work, but it also provided a lot of learning in the midst of of doing all of that.
0: Right. And we also discussed doing an episode about this, only getting engineers excited in your company. So if you're listening to this podcast and want to hear a comment again, please ping me, let me know, and we'll do another episode. (laughs) Thanks Carmen, that was great. Thank you, 20 years.
1: Let's say twenty plus. Let's say 20, <laughs> twenty plus. Twenty, plus, 20 plus,
0: plus. Thanks a lot, Carmen. Super interesting. Thanks for being here today and happy to have you on another episode soon then.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Robin.
0: Thanks for listening to that podcast till the end. If you're still with us, it's probably that you enjoy the players. A Players is brought to you by myself and higher suite. We are building a sourcing automation software and we already help 900 tech companies hire the best talent. To know more about us, go to www.hiresuite.com or you can add me on LinkedIn, I'm pretty responsive and always happy to chat. The more subscribers, the best guests will host. You want to help? You can do a lot in less than 10 seconds. Please subscribe to that podcast leave us a nice rating or review and share the podcast around you that really really helps thanks a lot and talk to you soon